Good morning and welcome to the 7am Bible. This is Paul Chapman and this is episode number 39. Well, we thank the Lord that we've gotten this far. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the good night's rest. We thank you for waking us to a brand new day and we pray now as we open your word, you'll help us to take something from it as food for our souls this day. And we pray this in and through the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, if you've just joined us, we've been going through the life of Jacob. In the last episode, we looked at Jacob's wrestle with the angel of the Lord, his plea for a blessing and what it means to annoy God with your prayers. Jacob had not annoyed God. He had fought with him all night, literally. That was an amazing encounter. But no way was Jacob able to prevail against him physically. One touch from the angel of the Lord's finger crippled him. When morning broke, the angel demanded, Let me go, for the day breaketh. Now what would you do if God said to you, Let me go? But how can we do that? God is the only one who can deal with our burden of guilt for our evils we've done and for the good we haven't done. And Jacob knew that. He said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. What a faith he had. What a struggle. Remember, he was crippled. If he let go, he would fall to the ground as hopeless and helpless as before. So he did all he could to hang on to the angel of the Lord's neck. We saw in the last episode that this angel of the Lord was none other than the Son of God, Jesus. And Jacob would not let him go, in view of his danger, without his blessing. All he wanted was assurance of God's acceptance and blessing. All his life he had been struggling to claim the promise. But now he felt keenly his own guilt and failure. Ellen White explains this in her book, Historical Sketches. She writes, The mistake which had led to Jacob's sin in obtaining the birthright by fraud was now open before him. He had not trusted God and his promises as he should have done. He had become impatient and had sought by his own efforts to bring about that which God was abundantly able to perform in his own time and way. Now, that's from Historical Sketches, page 131-132. So now, Jacob hangs all his faith on it. Please bless me, Lord, despite my deception and unbelief. Penitent and broken, Jacob could do nothing more for his acceptance with God. Without strength to stand, he hung with all his weight upon the God, and God strengthened him to prevail. It reminds me of something Job expressed when he himself was afflicted and grappling with understanding why of you know the, the why of his affliction. He wanted God to speak with him and explain the reason. But note what he said in Job 23 verse 6. Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. You see, Job knew that God would not plead against him, but he could. He had the power to. Both Job and Jacob were sinners like you and me, and God has all the evidence on record to prove our guilt. And Jacob was reminded of this. But both Jacob and Job realized that God is merciful and gracious, forgiving iniquity and sin. 
rather than condemn us, he would give us strength to prevail with him like Jacob did. Hosea, an ancient prophet of God, reminded Israel of that fact in Hosea 12 verse 3 and 4. It says here, Jacob took his brother by the heel in the womb, and by his strength he had power with God. Yea, he had power over the angel and prevailed. He wept and made supplication unto him. This is the spirit that we must come to God with. Cling to the Lord in prayer with weeping and tears till we fully realize his blessing upon us. The blessing of forgiveness for our sins and the blessing of deliverance from a sinful life. When we have that, we have no fear of our enemies, for we have the love of God in our hearts. That's the power that changes lives. We need his mercy and love to fill our hearts. Romans 5 and verse 5 tells us that it is the Holy Ghost that sheds abroad God's love in our hearts. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. But how do we receive the Spirit? Well, we read it yesterday in the parable of the importunate friend. Ask and continue to ask. The promise is in Luke eleven thirteen, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So ask him today and keep on asking him until you receive it. You know, something pretty amazing in this story stands out to me. It was this, that this was the angel of the Lord that Jacob was wrestling with. I mean, that was Christ in person who is all-powerful. But Hosea said, yea, in verse, uh, 12, uh, Hosea 12 verse 4, yea, he had power over the angel and prevailed. Wow, can you believe that? He had power over the all-powerful. Let's read what happened in Genesis 32, verse 25. It says here, And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, that is, the the, um, angel there prevailed not against Jacob, he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. So basically, he dislocated Jacob's thigh. So here they are wrestling back and forth, and the angel of the Lord cannot prevail against Jacob. Now, I know he can if he chooses to, but he doesn't. Why is that? Well, let me share an insight from Ellen White on this. She writes, The reason is that man has fastened the trembling hand of faith upon the promise of God, and the divine messenger cannot leave him who is hanging repentant, weeping, helpless upon his neck. His great heart of love cannot turn away from the suppliant without granting his request. Christ did not wish to leave him unblessed when his soul was shrouded with despair. Jacob had fastened his trembling grasp upon the promises of God, and the heart of infinite love could not turn away the sinner's plea. So, isn't that amazing? The depth of God's mercy and love, who can measure it? No one. The only measure is Calvary. There the eternal Son of God bore our sins and guilt that we might not perish but be forgiven and restored into a covenant relationship with God. You know, sometimes I've wondered why Christ came there in person to wrestle with Jacob. I'm not sure, but I think it might have had something to do with the 
covenant promise of that land and inheritance in it, and the threat Jacob felt as he was about to enter it. Jacob, with his family, was on the outer edges of the promised land. The only thing that stood in their way of entering it further was the threat of harm from Esau, Jacob's brother. You remember, Jacob had stolen the inheritance from him. And now Esau was coming with an army far more powerful than Jacob's defenseless and helpless company. Esau was well able to destroy Jacob and his family then and there. I believe in this encounter, the fate of God's ancient people and the interests of true religion in all future time were involved. It was a contest in which so much was at stake. Nothing but a clear and final confirmation of Jacob's title, which had been the issue of rivalry between the two brothers for so many years, was needed. And so none other than the one who made the promise, the Lord Jesus himself, came there to confirm the promise to Jacob. Let's read further and see what the Lord did to do that. I'm reading from Genesis 32 verses 27 onwards here, 27 to 32. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. Jacob meant supplanter. And that's what Jacob had been in his own sinful way. He had supplanted the birthright from his brother through deception. But now he wrestles with God, prevails, and obtains the blessing. To mark that victory, God changes his name to Yisrael. It means he contends or wrestles with God as a prince and has prevailed. Israel. You know, that wrestle with, of Jacob's with the Lord was spiritual as well as physical. Hosea 12.4 indicated this. He says, uh, said there, he wept and supplicated the Lord and prevailed. In full submission to God, he obtained the covenant blessing. Not just the material blessing, but the spiritual blessing that his family would become a great nation through whom all the families of the earth would be blessed. They would be the light of the world. And you'll remember from previous episodes that that blessing included the assurance that through his line of descendants, Jesus, the Savior of the world, would come. Ellen White comments further on this. She writes, Jacob received the blessing for which his soul had longed. His sin as a supplanter and deceiver was pardoned. The crisis in his life had passed. God shows in his dealing with Jacob that he will not sanction the least wrong in any of his children. Neither will he cast off and leave to despair and destruction those who are deceived and tempted and betrayed into sin. Doubt, perplexity and remorse had embittered Jacob's life, but now all was changed. And how sweet was the rest and peace in God, in the assurance of his restored favour. That's from her book, uh, Historical Sketches, page 131 and 132. Our story continues here from verse 30. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, 
which is upon the hollow of the thigh, unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. Now Penuel means face of God. Jacob had met God face to face and lived to tell the tale. But note the attitude that enabled him to do that. He was humble, penitent, and persevering in prayer. He wrestled with God until he had no strength of his own, and hanging helpless on the neck of the Lord, claimed the promised blessing. Do you want to see God's face? Well, you can, if you make Jacob's experience yours. To close off, I think Hosea's uh, words in uh, Hosea chapter 12 verse 6 are very appropriate here. Therefore, turn thou to thy God, keep mercy and judgment, and wait on thy God continually. So let's do that today. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the meditation this morning that reminds us of this wonderful victory that Jacob had and the reception or the assurance, Lord, forever of the promised blessing and how in coming to you with a confession of his sin, hanging helpless upon you, Lord, no matter how weak and failing he was, that you still blessed him and gave him the assurance of forgiveness and acceptance with you. We thank you for that assurance. And we just pray for us today that we might have that same assurance, no matter how discouraged or distressed we might be over our sins, Lord. Let us remember that you are a God that's merciful and gracious and long-suffering and will forgive us. And we ask you to do this, Lord, in and through the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the 7am Bible this morning. This has been Paul Chapman. I trust you've gained a blessing from it. And remember, wherever you are today, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, be prayerful, be careful, take the Lord with you, and have a great day. And I look forward to you joining me for the next episode of the 7am Bible. See